Chris Wendelkin, and this is On the Line, my podcast where I talk all things NBA, the offseason trades, the draft, NBA Summer League, fantasy basketball, uh, you know, all, all of it, everything under the sun. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at me at OnTheLine underscore pod. I'm on Instagram. If you want to email me, you want to drop me a line, you want to say you like the show, you have an idea, a bit, a segment, whatever it is, email me at OnTheLinePod at gmail.com. Last, and this is an important one, if you could please rate, review, and subscribe to the show in iTunes uh, or wherever you get podcasts, it really helps me out a lot. Leave me a five-star glowing review. Um, it, you know, NBA season is, is rapidly approaching. People are looking for new content and new stuff to listen to about the league. So um, those reviews really go a long way. I know it sounds super silly, but it kind of just increases the show's visibility um, in iTunes and on the internet. So if it's not too much to ask, please do it. If you leave me something really nice, you have my word. I'll read it on the show. I'll be one of those people. So um, yeah, do it. All right, coming up, we're going to talk to Ben Craw. We have a massive two-part marathon podcast with Ben. There's a little bit of a backstory here, um, which is I sat down with Ben at his house in Brooklyn the other night. We had a couple beers. We probably had a two, two-and-a-half-hour conversation about all things NBA, Summer League, the Knicks, all of it. And um, I was in the process of editing the podcast yesterday when... Uh, you know, what else happens? But three o'clock in the morning, Woj and Shams start tweeting that uh, Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green have been traded to Toronto for DeMar DeRozan and Yaka Pertl on a draft pick. So um, I uh, quickly pivoted here. Um, I'm going to patch together a little phone conversation that I had with Ben uh, regarding the trade, some thoughts on Kawhi and, and the Raptors moving forward, very exciting stuff. And then we will transition into part one of that live conversation that we had. Um, so yeah, just a ton going on. This is the uh, the blessing and the curse of the NBA offseason. It never stops regardless of what your podcast needs and programming is. So uh, bear with me. Yeah, part one. So we'll start with a, a brief conversation about Kawhi and the trade. Then Ben and I will talk. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll jump down the rabbit hole with all things Sixers and Brian Colangelo, kind of like where we left off the last time we were on the pod together. And then eventually we will uh, cover some Knicks and Summer League stuff. Then in, in part two, um, well, I'll just make you wait on part two. Uh, so here it is. Without further ado, my long-winding, all-encompassing conversation with the one, the only... Ben Craw. Hello. On the line, he spent the last day coming through uh, <laughs> articles and videos on Yaka Pirtle's upside. Ben Craw. Yaka, the big, the big bomb. Yaka Pirtle. Yeah, he's on the move, folks. Yaka Pirtle is relocating to north of the border. BC, uh, how are you and where no, were he's, you? No, he's relocating to south of the border. Yaka is... Oh, oh, wait, what am I saying? Yeah, wait, Yaka... Yeah, yeah so Yaka is relocating to Texas, and it's Kauai who's moving yeah, north of the border. Exactly. Let's not get confused here. The the, the big headline here, Yaka Pirtle <laughs> is changing countries. Yes. From um, Canada to America. The Australian Hammer. The Australian Hammer is relocating down to San Antonio, Texas. Ben Craw, you're on the line. BC, uh, where were you? I'm curious. Where were you when you first heard news of the massive Kawhi Leonard, DeMar DeRozan trade? I was in my bed with my head <laughs> on my pillow. Oh, shit. And I honestly don't know if your text woke me up or if I like somehow... <laughs> Had like a like, premonition. My- I think my body may have like actually yeah. like forced my eyes open a couple minutes before you actually texted. Yeah. And I was lying there and I looked at my phone yep. and I was like, "Oh, what's this now?" Yep. And at it was at 7:26 a.m. Yeah. Uh, Chris Wendelkin with the yep. text breaking yep. the news. Yeah. So yep. my question for you is, sure. when did you find out? Because so, right. There was a whole like series of tweets. 2:30 a.m. So I found out, I found out, uh, probably 10 or 15 minutes before I texted you because I went to bed and I woke up to a string of <laughs> messages from Amir <laughs> who said, this is what happens. This is what happens when you East coasters go to sleep. And yeah. it was, you know, so Woj and Shams, I guess, were having like a, a tweet bomb. They were war. like, they were like trading bombs. Of back course, and forth at three a.m. Eastern, three in the morning. Yeah, which is so, crazy because I feel like 
Woj, for all his prolificness, usually it kind of like shuts it down around like one or two a.m. Good like, for him. I mean, the guy's for, got a family, you know. Yeah, like he's kind of like you know being a little considerate to everyone here. Sure. And I feel like for this one story, he was like, "Gotta just." Gotta, and he was still he was still tweeting. Like he clearly didn't sleep. He was still man. tweeting like seven eight in the morning. Yeah, I think he had even had a typo at one point. And it's like the guy's working on no sleep. <laughs> yeah. I love that Woj had like a throwback Woj performance where he's like, "I'm going all night here." Going like we're it's just we're going with college woge, pulling an all nighter, yeah. um, just raging. Throw the, throw the coffee pot on. Yeah, maybe. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. so, so I found out. I woke up to a series of of messages from Amir, and it was still. It was like the the three a.m. tweets from Shams and Woj, which which were like the the um, the Raptors and the Spurs are coming to an agreement or nearing an agreement or like in advanced conversations about. Uh, Danny Green and DeMar DeRozan going to um, San Antonio for Kawhi Leonard or what am I saying? Mm -hmm. Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green going uh, to uh, Toronto for DeMar DeRozan and Jakob Pertl. Right. And a 2019 first round pick. Yes. Um, Which is uh, very critically protected from 1 to 20. Right. Um, Meaning that if the Toronto Raptors somehow are not incredibly good next year and um, pick between one and 20. They keep that pick yeah. and it becomes two second round picks the next year. Right, right. Otherwise, right, right. Uh, the Spurs will get a pick between probably in the you know, 25 to 30 range. Okay. So, um, all right. So I, I, I should preface this little bit of the pod here by saying that earlier in the week, we had like a marathon <laughs> two hour podcast Live, yeah. like in person, great. Not more than just, forty-eight hours ago. <laughs> yeah, just like a great old time. I we was went, in the process. Like I was in the process of editing the pod yesterday, dividing it in half because it's just too long to put all out uh, to to put out. You know, all in one podcast. And um, naturally, I was f- about to finish it up today when all this news broke, and then I was like, "We have to. We just have to put a little coverage here on um, on this trade. It, it just doesn't make sense considering the pod is going to be coming out uh, next week sometime." Yeah. Yeah. So um, this is this is what you would call an emergency pod. This is an emergency pod. So this is a little bumper. We're going to put this in front of the uh, the extended conversation that Kra and I have. Uh, which which you'll hear shortly after the phone call ends. But um, yeah, I'm just curious f- from you, BC, just like gut reaction to the trade. Do you feel like one side or the other is a winner or a loser? Are you excited about any angle of this? Um, just just your general gut reaction, even just like an emotion, like something you immediately felt as soon as you, you heard the trade went down. My personal emotion is pure giddy excitement. Wow, okay. And I have been reading you know all day online of all these people who were pissed off yeah. about this trade um i don't get that uh there was a uh, a writer on the ringer yeah. named um juliet Littman yeah, yeah. who wrote this big article quiet Leonard for demar Derozan colon there's no fun here yeah i could not disagree more heartily um, okay. This is going to be. This is this is awesome. I mean, first of all, well, right, I mean, so this trade has been um, speculated about and kind of rumored for the last couple of days. There was nothing. There was no uh, like hard evidence that it was necessarily going to happen. But like, right. This the first the this, first whiff I got of it yeah. was I think you sent me the the tweet right. from A Rachel Nichols or something. Oh, right, right. No, Rachel Nichols. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Who who tweeted about the sports book and then like uh, DeRozan's Instagram getting wiped or whatever right, which right. Was the first kind of like wait Evidence. Toronto right and yeah. then there was more um, I think it was was it Windhorse on like Zach Lowe's podcast started talking about it a yeah. little bit more seriously like a, like a few days back right and that was kind of the first time when I was like oh wait maybe oh, this yeah. is like a more serious like thing. at the very Turns least they're like pursue like Toronto is like pursuing the idea of trying to acquire Kawhi right right yeah. Um, but yeah, so getting back to, to my reaction, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it's going to be so fun to see how this shakes out. I think it's going to be, I think Toronto is suddenly like a fucking nasty team. Yeah. I can't wait to see, um, you know, th- again, now this is all, um, dependent of course on one major question, which, which is, is incredible that, that we're even, that this is even an open question, but it very much is. 
which is it will Kawhi even play for the like, Toronto Raptors? Crazy. Yeah, I mean it's like uh, it's it's so like that a, angle alone uh, is, yeah. is already incredibly fascinating. Well, and also like the guy hasn't played basketball in a year. Um, yeah. Are we also you know like oh, I think we're just assuming that he's healthy, but like I don't know maybe he's not. You know like it is possible right. that like he has this mysterious quad injury or or leg ailment or whatever it is. And, right. There's uh, the health question, and then there's the actual willingness. Like of him the personal, question. yeah, the personal angle of it sounds like he does not want to be <laughs> playing in Toronto. Oh, he's um, made it very clear yeah. that he is extremely bummed out about this. So I, I understand that the two most disappointed people uh, with this whole trade are yeah. Kawhi Leonard and Demar Derozan. Um, but other than that, I'm like. Dude, like this is this is awesome. This is gonna be great. Like, yeah. Let's see what happens here. Uh, okay. See... Yeah. So tell me about like why you're excited as like just a purely like as a basketball fan. Why are you excited about flicking on the Toronto Raptors next year? Well, so I kind of feel like Kawhi Leonard is already very much part Raptor. Yeah. Um, like he doesn't <laughs> speak English. Right. Like, like a dinosaur. He's got. <laughs> massive like claws, claws for hands yeah he has like a little um, tail he kind of has like a little tail uh um, yeah, like, yeah he has he, sharp claws he's just, right he's very raptorish already right i think on that team um which is already so deep and so stacked and they had like barely gave up i mean obviously they gave up DeRozan, who's an all-star but um you know there's a there's an argument to be made that he's pretty overrated and right. maybe not that uh big of a contributor to winning basketball um, and then the whole thing that everyone was shocked at is that all they had to give up besides that was Yaka Pertl, who I think is a great young center, yeah. but they still were able to retain, the Raptors were still able to retain so many of their yeah. key bench players, uh, you know, Van Vliet right. and DeLon Wright and Ananobi is still there. Who's basically sure. like a little young mini Kawhi yeah. in the making. Yeah. Um, they're going to be Siakam. a nasty team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Siakam, who's only like 24. I mean, the Raptors, um, like, you know, they, if, if they they're... They immediately are in contention to make the finals. For I mean, I think who... Boston is obviously still right there and Philly is right there. But, like, they went from, like, a distant third in the East to, like, now, a, I think, a pretty good bet to challenge for the finals. Yeah. Which is, like, awesome because I love Toronto. Yeah. I mean, for people who listen to the podcast over the last year, you know, you, you know from uh, Ben and I talking previously, like the the Raptors were a team that we were sort of enamored with all year, um, yeah. and we uh, were holding out hope that they could make a run toward the finals. And of course, they wound up getting swept by the Cavs in the playoffs, and they kind of, you know, they turned into a pumpkin at midnight. But um, you know, we've 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 been obsessed with the team for a while just because they're so deep and fun and weird. I mean, they're you know yeah, they're this... our only Canadian team. They have yeah. all these like uh, Swiss Army knife type players. Um, it's like a very fun team that's worth rooting for. Um, so, and then I feel like Kawhi very much fits in that Swiss Army kind of mold. I mean, he's like probably the the greatest Swiss Army knife outside of LeBron James that we have in the he's, NBA. Yeah, but, he's perhaps the most Swiss yeah. of all the knives. Sure, <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, but so, so we are we are uh, inherently, you know, uh, Raptors fans from afar. I mean, you know, Knicks fans first and foremost. But we we love the Raptors. Yeah, um, I want to so, see him make some noise. So and... the idea that adding Kawhi, if Kawhi goes there and he's engaged and is excited about playing i mean it could be a really fun situation yeah big big if but yeah i mean it's it sounds like i just can't really imagine like what do you think the what would you where would you put the percentage uh chance that he is just gonna not report and just sit out he's gonna report He's going to report. Right? Yeah. He's got to, like, they it's a finan- like, it's just a financial thing. I mean, he, yeah. I think he's due to make somewhere between 20 and $25 million this year. Yeah. And if his he salary for this season is, is like 20.1 million, right. which if, I believe I was trying to study up on like how much they can find him. I know that they can find him like many, like hundreds of thousands of put dollars it like this. per, like, per if, game. If he were to sit out the entire season, he would lose just about all of the money that he was due to make this year. Yeah, so like, I think that's right. You know, no one is rich enough uh, to punt on $25 million for playing basketball for a year. If you, lo- if you love basketball, if you enjoy playing basketball, especially when you're in a contract year, you're going yeah. to play basketball if someone's offering you $25 million to do it. So. Right. 
aside from losing his entire salary for the 1819 season, then he would also have been effectively out of basketball for two full years. Yeah. Which like, yeah, I don't at that point, remember like, that ever happening in like basketball history. Like yeah, a major star just like, like, like you, Oh no, I'm back now. I still remember how to play. I promise. How do you bargain or negotiate for a new contract when you haven't yeah, played basketball yeah. in two years? So he's going to play, yeah. he's going to be disgruntled. I, good, I mean, yeah. I, I think the worst case scenario is he goes and plays and is disgruntled and people are asking him about it all the time. Um, yeah. But I'm not even so sure that come training camp, that's necessarily the case. Um, so, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, it's it's just impossible to speculate, like, well, like whether he's going to go there and be happy or moody or, or, or what. But just from a pure basketball fit, um, you know, it's exciting. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I, I always root for the Raptors because, I don't know, they're a fun team. You want to see them do well. They're a fun story. Um They've also never really had much, you know, like a ton of success in the history of the franchise. You know, they had Vince Carter, they had Chris Bosh, um, they had McGrady. They, they're the team that's always kind of getting left at the altar. And uh, it'd be fun to see good stuff happen for Toronto, I think. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just can't wait to see some of their, some of their lineups and, and just the way they'll be able to, like, shut teams sure. down. Like, my, that's going to be... Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, my, yeah. my next question for you is just, like, you know... Again, it's 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 impossible. So we're just speculating here because we we aren't RC Buford and and Popovich, and we don't know what the offers were. But do you feel like this is the best the Spurs could do and could receive for Kawhi Leonard? I mean, I think there there was a ton of speculation about uh, the Lakers being involved and what they would or wouldn't offer. Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, it's just an interesting it's an interesting package that the Spurs decided to take back. You know, I, I yeah. think they kind of clearly made the decision to not rebuild. Um, right, inter- right. Like like they did. They decided like they weren't going to tank. They weren't going to bottom out. They weren't just looking for draft picks and twenty year olds. They. Right. The centerpiece of the trade, DeMar DeRozan, is is a 29-year-old veteran, uh, mm-hmm. NBA All-Star. So basically, you know, they sort of said, they, it looks like they wanted to stay relevant, you know, with this trade. They weren't looking to, yeah. bottom, to bottom out. Um, yeah, it looks like it could be Pop's final season. Sure. Um, so I think they clearly, like, the, this, this signal here is clearly like, we want to make one last run for Pop, you right. know, stay relevant. I, you know, I don't think they're going to be anywhere near uh you know in the in the um ballpark of uh of houston or golden state but right. they want to like at least make a playoff push sure. and uh and, and keep things kind of positive there i mean um, so what, and like, you know i can't i can't fault them for that i mean clearly like toronto got the far 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 better uh end of this deal um right but you know like you said we don't know what else the the spurs were being offered it sounds like most teams uh, you know the reporting uh, from um, from Woj was that Boston and Philly and uh, and I forget what other team was like maybe uh, in the conversation. Basically, we're like none of our big big stars are, are on the table here. So it right. sounded like um, yeah, it was I read something much, like it was pretty much either this or take the draft picks and and some young guys who they can develop. I think but, um, Zach Lowe wrote something like. If Philly wasn't willing to include Embiid or Simmons, then there wasn't going to be a trade. It was like, well, right. then there's not going to be a trade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah guess yeah. what? <laughs> Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, my big question is like, what did they turn down from the Lakers? Right. If the Lakers, I mean, because I kind of have to, I sort of feel like if the Lakers even said like, uh, well, the like Lakers Ingram. definitely made offers. It's just a matter of like what they offered, and you know, I'm sure right. both sides will deny or say certain things. But like, but like, if the Lakers had offered just like Ingram and Hart, right? Would that be a better package? Then I kind of feel like it might be. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a huge DeRozan fan. Like, I mean, I definitely I love him, think I love him as a person, but as a player, like, I'm, I'm not like super high on him anymore. Fan. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think the Lakers had more to offer. I don't know what they offered. I mean, I, I think if all things were equal and you said, would you prefer a package of Yaka Pertle and DeMar DeRozan and a protected first round pick or a package of like Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart and two first round picks or, or, or uh, Ingram and Kuzma and a first round pick, some combination of like, two right. of the three or four youngsters on the Lakers and a pick, I would probably personally, I would probably have skewed 
young. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just maybe. But there, the other uh, the other consideration is maybe the Spurs were thinking we're gonna skew fucking over Kawhi Leonard <laughs> because oh, totally. <laughs> we're done with this fucking guy. Yeah, and I don't think there's any. You, I don't think there's any doubt. Country. Uh, uh, yeah, for as a as a punishment for what you put us through the past year, I don't think there's and any you know doubt that it got like, personal. You know what I'm I mean? Kind of like cool with that. Like I kind of feel like the Spurs did, uh, like you know, did right by themselves there by like. <laughs> I feel like it was the most Popovich. <laughs> it was like yeah. the most Popovich possible move, where like, it was like, or not it, like, like it I'm, was almost, almost as if okay with it making less sense from a basketball perspective. <laughs> no. it's like they got like a little bit of satisfaction out of it. It was almost no. as if he sat down Kawhi and was like, "What's the one place you really want to go to?" And he was like, yeah. "Los Angeles." <laughs> He's like, "Perfect. I'll make sure that you don't go there." Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, totally. "I will trade you to the opposite of Los Angeles. I'll be trading you to the freezing cold north of Toronto." Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I mean. Yeah, I don't know. That being I, said, they sent him to a, like a great team, who now I dude, think is going to be like a really serious contender. Yeah, and also, so wait, another. I feel point like the I big winner make... here are our NBA fans. You know what I mean? Like, and the losers are probably like the players involved. Like, yeah, Kawhi's bummed, DeRozan's bummed, but for us, for guys who watch League Pass, dude, I'm so yeah. invested on the Raptors now, and I'm oh, kind of. Yeah. I mean, can we also talk a little bit about the Spurs, like? Is there yeah. is this like a low key kind of fun situation? I don't know. Like I'm I'm super super intrigued to see what uh, what DeRozan can do. Even though I haven't been you know the the, the hugest fan of his in Toronto, um, he's obviously a great player. He developed yeah. some some new facets to his game. Um, Started you know, shooting time the three this ball. past this past year. I definitely want to see how it can be maximized by Pop. Um, All right, here let me give I you mean, the, the the sales pitch. Let me give you yeah. the sales pitch on the Demar Derozan Spurs. So uh, Greg pa- Greg Popovich and I sit you down with Demar Derozan, and we say to you guys, we're like, look, Demar. We're San Antonio. We're a city that no one is really excited about. No one really wants to play here. We're not like a sexy marquee city. You're the same. You're the exact same guy in NBA terms. You know what I mean? Like you're you're a, you're a, an afterthought. You're the guy that's always kind of like snubbed over. You're kind of forgotten about. But you're really great. But you're kind of like low key great. And right. we need an offensive centerpiece here in San Antonio. You're gonna come here. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be a lead dog. You're gonna be an alpha dog. We're gonna cater to you. Um, we got you on a long-term contract. We have you for, for three more years. We're going to feed you the rock. We want you to go out there and, and average 30 points. We want you to lead the league in scoring. Um, continue to expand your game. Keep shooting the three ball. We have an exciting young point guard in uh, DeJounta Murray. Um, mm-hmm. Patty mm-hmm. Mills is going to be running point. Manu Ginobili has, has a lot of savvy. Hey, your old buddy Rudy Gay, who you used to play with That's right. um, in, in, in Toronto, he's going to be here too. Uh, 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 who else do we have? Lamarcus Aldridge. Derek, I mean, Derek White, also another young. Hey, young. Piece I mean, we have they... we have guys on your career timeline, on your kind of career trajectory. You know, like Pau right. Gasol is here, so we have a nice mix of some veteran guys, some savvy, uh, winning veteran guys, a couple of youngsters. And and then, you know, a team of like late 20s guys, LaMarcus is probably, I don't know, 30, 31, um, guys in their prime who are ready to make the playoffs now and want to win now. And, yeah. and and we're gonna be we're gonna be a chippy team in the West. We're gonna be a team in the West who everyone has counted out, um, and we're gonna be out for blood. And I don't know. I, I I can get behind that a little bit. Yeah, you know what? And like all day, like on, on Twitter, people were, were cracking jokes about how like, you know, with DeRozan and, and LaMarcus Aldridge together, the Spurs are going to like shatter records for like the most mid-range, mid-range shots, shots yeah. t- taken in the season. But the fact is, so Aldridge is a guy who t- took a lot of mid-range shots, but the Spurs just got his best season pretty much of his entire career last year at age 32. And like, yep. You know who's to say that that Popovich and their system aren't going to do the exact same for DeRozan? Like he could have, like you know, he could take another like the same leap that he made last year. He could make again this year. Um, and you know, hey, uh, Aldridge takes a lot of mid range shots, but dude, I'm telling you, Greg it, Popovich it worked, pretty, worked Greg, pretty well for him. And yep. Greg yeah, Greg Popovich, master motivator, man. He's going to sit down tomorrow with a bottle of wine and be like, 
Look, everyone's counting us out. <laughs> a bottle out. of his, of his Every, very own yeah. like, home-brewed wine. Everyone yeah. is making fun of us. Everyone thinks we're a joke. Let's yeah. go destroy the West. Like, let's literally, let's finish in third place in the West. Like, also, if there, if there is one NBA center who was made to play for the San Antonio Spurs, it's Jakob Pertl. Totally. And I mean, how how Spursy is that guy? He's he, he's the most Spursy. He, he's the Australian Hammer, of course. He is the like yes, he is the ultimate spur. So last yeah. year, last year San Antonio finished forty seven and thirty five without Kawhi Leonard. They were the seventh right. seed, forty seven wins, thirty five losses. Can you make a case? Again, they just gained Demar Derozan. They won forty seven games last year without Kawhi Leonard. Can right. you make a case this year? that they win more than 47 or do you anticipate them losing more? I mean, that's tough because as I said earlier, DeRozan's great. He's an all-star, but he like his on off numbers have never been that great. I mean, Toronto had a, had a really like maybe the best bench in the NBA. So that's, that kind of skews like how, how valuable he actually was or how much he contributed to, um, you know, to, to like their wins. Um, I mean, I mean, I can't say that like, like having him on his on on your team will make your team worse. Like that seems like a pretty crazy statement uh, to make for an NBA All Star like still in his prime. Um, but oh yeah. So but then the other thing is that when you look at the West, every like what team in the West got worse this offseason? So last year, this is like, the West one. Well, I'll give you seeds one through ten. So yeah. Houston, this is, this is one seed. Houston, the two was Golden State. Three was Portland. Four was OKC. Five was Utah. Six was New Orleans. Seven was San Antonio. Eight was Minnesota. Nine was Denver. And 10 were the Clippers. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, and those last, like, I mean, those last teams, those last like five, six teams were a game apart from each other. I mean, yeah, Portland and, and, had 49 wins were the third seed. And Minnesota had 47 wins and they were the eighth seed. Yeah, and I would argue that that Denver and and the Clippers, who did not make the playoffs, improved in the off season, and ha- I think Denver definitely has a strong shot of making it. I think obviously the Lakers, like you can't say the Lakers are not going to make the playoffs with yeah. LeBron James. Like well, they're yeah, yeah, yeah. You I can't mean, really. Like I'm I'm not gonna. But like so, wow. and then it's like so who you know, are you knocking Minnesota, out? Then? Right, like Minnesota, is it possible with their like kind of team turmoil, like they slip? I don't know if they could if they would slip that much. I mean, Portland lost uh, lost Ed Davis, but I don't know how I mean, yeah, know, like big a hit that is. Um, uh, they like New Orleans. You know? I don't know, maybe like New Orleans doesn't win as much. I mean, they lost Boogie Cousins, but you know, Boogie only played what half a year last year. They were be- they were better without him at the right. end of the season. I right. mean, you know, if Davis can stay healthy, like that's a you know big uh, like hot take here. The West is really good. The West um, is really good. Yeah, so I, it's not going to be easy for the Spurs, but um, you know, it's also like you, you can't bet against Pop. Yeah, man. man, they have a track record. They just do this every year. They they just twenty one seasons in a row. Wins. They yeah. haven't missed. Was it so, really, how many seasons in a row? I believe it's twenty one seasons in a row. They damn, made the playoffs. Damn, yeah. damn, damn, damn. Since damn. the nineteen nineties. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, is so kind of in in summary here. Is there any bitterness for you? Is there any bad taste in your mouth? Do you wish maybe there was a way that Kawhi well, yeah, and the Spurs could have mended fences? Well, actually, I was going to ask you, what are your thoughts on this whole like loyalty argument? Like, because mm-hmm. when you know when the news broke, DeRozan had this like big Instagram viral Instagram story about yeah. how you know he felt like he was betrayed and lied to, and right. there was reporting that. Um, I guess in in Las Vegas during summer league, the the team talked to him and he was reassured that he would not be traded, right. which is kind of uh, crazy that they to, for, that a GM that Masai Jerry would Say make that, that kind of like a like a definitive statement, right? Because I mean, you can't really, I don't know how how a team can just say like, oh yeah, you'll never be <laughs> traded when sure. like. You never know, you know, here's my thought you're going to get. Here's my thoughts on loyalty in sports and business. I just feel like, um, everyone ought to know what they're in, like what they're involved with. And like everyone needs to, I mean, it's very easy for me as a spectator to say this, like, you know, it's like very, very easy as a sports fan to say this sort of thing where it's like, 
everyone's tradable. Every contract is flippable, you know, just because he's, you know, like Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin, they gave him like a, what did they, they give him like a video presentation and then they like retired his Jersey or something at yeah. Staples center. And then, yeah, he signed like one, like one week before he was traded. He signed some massive five year, 130, $50 million contract, whatever it was yeah. six months. Later, they, sh- they showed him a video like of like 10 years in the future right. and his like, his like Jersey commencement being, ceremony like, or something. like yeah. hung up in the rafters. Right, yeah. right. 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 And then like six months later or four months later, whatever it was, he was traded. And you know what I mean? It's like, um, look, there wasn't a no trade clause in your contract. So what did you think? Like, did you think that it wasn't possible? Yeah, it's surprising when it happens so quickly, of course. In the case of like someone like Blake Griffin, it's like definitely jarring. But at the same time, if they don't put a no no trade clause in there, there's probably a reason. And the reason is probably because once you're no longer valuable to them, or once someone else is more valuable to them, they're probably going to trade you. And yeah, it's not... there's a reason why no trade clauses are like extremely rare in the NBA. Yeah, so I almost feel like, um, and I'm not saying, uh, you know, I envy these guys or anything like that because I can't imagine how hard it must be to have your whole life like constantly oh, yeah. being uprooted. So I'm not saying right, like, right. We always suck to... it up. I'm, I'm just yeah. saying like, I know that keep, must be Keep in mind that like, yeah, insanely we're talking hard. about human beings' lives yeah. that are being completely uprooted like and kids their families and families and, and homes, yeah. all that stuff. And it's, you know, De- DeRozan's been in Toronto his entire career. Yeah, and, and just know, like you're giving everything to the dude, like your emotional and... equilibrium is like very much like wrapped up in where you live. I totally get all that yeah. stuff. Not to mention his, you know, fucking best friend uh kyle lowry right 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 honestly though i gotta say like that's one thing i'm not gonna miss that much like all the like palling around videos with lowry and rosen yeah yeah yeah. i mean as much as i love kyle lowry you know he was on my fantasy basketball team last year so he'll forever uh have a place in my heart but like I, I could I could be I could, I'd, I'd be yeah. okay with, change is with good. not seeing sometimes yeah, change yeah. is good. Um, you can make you can make new friends. I yeah, I, so my my position on loyalty in sports and in business with this stuff is it's like it's a really hard sad truth. But as soon as you're valuable, as soon as, as soon as a company, whether it's like business or sports, as soon as a company determines that you're not as valuable to them as you once were then they're just going to change and like, you know, either fire you or replace you or trade you or whatever it is. And that's a really sad, cold, hard reality that no one wants to believe. But like, that's just the way it works. Like, you know, it's not a charity. Like, you know, the, the, these, like these teams are not in, they're not, they're not trying to be nice people. They're, you know, uh, they're trying to win NBA championships. And sometimes that involves doing like some cold hearted stuff. Right. Um, And it's, it's like, it's one thing if you're like, you know, David Robinson or like Tim Duncan and you're like yeah. literally like the most important player uh for your franchise that has won multiple championships and like that maybe in that situation a team will actually like go against its own, you know, basketball interests and and sh- and show some sort of like gratitude towards like oh, you know, you will give you a contract so you can end your career here. But like right. that is an echelon of players that you like have to be at that yeah. DeRozan wasn't anywhere close to. It's like no. no offense to him, all due respect, he's a great player and all, but like you know, you know the I objective know. is to win championships and yeah. like they and they they, they didn't if you're like not playing great in the playoffs and Yeah, that. I mean, yeah, come on, like let's be real. Also, like they had some massive disappointments. I mean, yeah, you know huge. what I mean? Like just and being DeRozan totally fair. Like, yeah, yeah, DeMar, like DeMar, DeMar who's like the star of the team kind of had a disappearing act consistently every year in the playoffs and yeah. they were just the number 1 seed in the East and they got swept by the Cavs. Like yeah. it's not that crazy of an idea that he would be moved. I understand it's it's sad and it's like hard and all that stuff, but that's the business that these guys are in, unfortunately. So yeah. that that's kind of my position on loyalty in sports, which is like, it sucks, but that's just kind of the business they're in. And it's another reason why the trade from Toronto's perspective is so cold-hearted and brilliant because yeah. they kind of knew, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, how could you give that up for, or some people were like, oh, how could you give up, uh, you know, your star player for like a one-year rental when you know Kawhi's going to want. Right. Like, the, the fact is, like, 
if Toronto, like, this was going to be the, pretty much their last hurrah anyway this upcoming season. Yeah, so talk this and, out. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and after that, like, they were probably going to blow it up anyway. Yeah, um, dude, you, you texted this to me this have... morning, and I was like, that's spot on. Like, like, yeah. like, like, what, like what's the risk here for Toronto? Right. They're like, look, okay we'll give it a one year shot. Like we'll make a, we'll, we'll make a run at the, the NBA finals for one year with Kawhi Leonard. And if he hates mm-hmm. the place, he'll leave. And if yeah. he leaves, we have like, we we've offloaded a massive salary in Demar. We still right. have this great young nu- nu- uh, nucleus of young players. Um, you know, OG Ananobi, Lorenzo Brown, you know, uh, Abaka, yeah. you know, uh, CJ Miles, all these like guys, totally, Van Vliet, totally Delon Wright, by like 2020, I believe. Right. Um, so like they'll have all the flexibility in the world. They'll sure. still have their young core. And then they just, um, they just reboot it. Then they'll just try to find someone else. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. so it's like a very low risk, high reward proposition for them. Right. Um, it's basically like we knew this was our last shot. We've just given ourselves a better chance for this coming season. And then next year, if it all goes belly up, like that was pr- probably going to happen anyway. Yeah. And they can't. So like, I think it's I think it's totally brilliant. And they could sell it to their fans where they're like, look, we, we went all in. You know what I mean? Like, we're not afraid. We went all in. Uh, mm-hmm. We acquired this superstar guy on a one year, you know, with one year left on his contract. And we made a run for the title. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, he walks and That's cool. We're we're OK with it. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna see it. We're gonna see if Nurse Nick can uh, can make all the oh all God. the personalities mesh together, and let's see if he can work a little little medicine on the team. <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! Um, all right. Any 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 final thoughts uh, from you on the trade? Um, oh, I, I know what I wanted to ask you real quick. We didn't get to cover it the other night. Any thoughts on um, Jabari Parker? What do you think about that deal with him going to Chicago? Uh, Wait and see. I... Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't think it really matters because yeah. it's like a what it was a one year deal with a team option. It's one year so, deal with a team option. Very team friendly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they paid him a lot of money. I don't think it's it's not as bad a contract as the Zach Levine contract yeah. that they just signed yeah. before that. Yeah. Uh, you know, who knows? I think Jabari still has potential to. Yeah, I think pull, it's fine. Put, it's, put it together. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's similar. You know, it's similar to what I just said. Low risk, high reward. Like they pay yeah. him. They pay him for a year. And if he turns out to be like, you know, totally healthy and kind of reco- uh, re- recovers his old like star potential, great. You can you know renegotiate with him maybe longer term. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he ultimately proves to just be a defensive liability and someone Which that he will can't, be. yeah, of course. <laughs> or if he can't stay on the court or whatever it is, um, then you just cut bait after a year. So yeah. I think it's a fine move. He's still, I don't know, 20, probably two years old, 23 years old, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, can't hurt. It'll be really fun to watch just how bad that team is on defense, though. Oh, I'm, I'm actually intrigued be... at like <laughs> seeing how many points other it's teams gonna be bad. put up against them. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Yeah. Uh, um, all right, man. I think uh, I think that's it. Anything else you want to cover on the trade? Any, any, any final thoughts on DeRozan or Kawhi, Danny Green, Yaka Pirtle, any of these guys? We're we're legit excited about the upside of Yaka Pertle though. We should say that though, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Yaka Pertle is going to be great. Like I versatile, big, has some a, great hands. A he can pass for a long time. Could could become a starter in a couple years. Sure. Um, yeah, the, great shot blocker. The Austrian hammer. We love him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks. One, one last little yeah. tidbit. I'm going to leave you with here is okay. as just just to just to whet your appetite for this upcoming <laughs> NBA okay. season. Yeah. Um, uh, David Thorpe tweeted this out earlier. He had the uh, the the new uh, schedule for the NBA Christmas Day. Uh, listen to this. We've got uh, this is the NBA Christmas Day TV schedule. Go ahead. At at noon, Raptors versus Spurs. Wow. Pretty pretty intriguing. Wow. Two two thirty p.m. Raptors at Spurs. At Spurs. Two thirty wow. p.m. Wait, Rockets. when did this come out? When did this come out? Just earlier today. Oh my um, god! Wait, was yeah, you're telling me that game was set in stone before the trade went down? No, I think they like. I don't know. Actually, that's a good question. But but like, it's possible that the NBA was like, oh, okay, now we have to like. They literally should just wait until schedule. every trade goes down and then decide who's playing on Christmas yeah, Day. Yeah, that's why because I'm, Christmas I mean, Day in the NBA is just basically like watching like divorced parents like get back together and like have <laughs> them fight. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. seeing like a divorced couple do a reunion. It's like. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly how, where this was sourced, but but David Thorpe is like a pretty uh, legit guy. He's yeah. like a, a, a 
former coach. I He's think. in the know. He's in the know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we got we got uh, we got Raps Spurs at noon, two thirty p.m. We got Houston at Golden State. Houston at wow. Okay. Yep. Five p.m. We've got Los Angeles at the Cavs. That's right, Cl- Cleveland Cavs. Seven <laughs> thirty <laughs> p.m. Sixers at Celtics. Wow. Fun. Yeah. The powerhouses. Oh my god. And at and at ten p.m. Bringing up the rear, we've got our very own New York Knicks. At let me think. Let me think. Kevin Knox playing. Let me think. Rival, it's gotta his, be. It's gotta be like a young. Yeah, it's going to be a young, fun. The 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 late Christmas Day games are always about like, <laughs> this is the NBA programming people. They're like, so it's ten o'clock. These suckers yeah. have been drinking and eating all day. Yeah, they're tired. They're bored out of their minds. But we got them right where we want them. They're sitting on the couch, and there's nothing that they'd rather do than just put on some mindless NBA. Let's give yeah. them a pure let's let's let's, just give them some junk food just give them junk food so it's all about upside here these are two bad lottery teams with fun like lottery pick players in in the game so we got kevin knox and the knicks at 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 rival for rookie of the year it could be Doncic. it could be it could be ayton um i will say knicks at how about knicks at mavericks you are correct. Sir. Yes. Nick yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Amazing. Oh. Kevin Knox versus Luka Doncic. Let's I love go, it. baby. I love Let's it. Go. I love it. Giddy up. All right, man. Thanks for hopping on the line. Uh, and for everyone listening, we will uh, we'll transition now into the uh, the segment that we did at Cross House earlier in the week. So without without further ado, here's the rest of that conversation. Crowd, good talking to you, man. All right, baby. Till next right. time. All right. Till next time. Bye. All right. We're on the line. I'm here in Brooklyn, New York. With uh, the foremost scholar on the life and career of Anthony Mason, the one and only Ben Grubb, BC. <laughs> Thanks for having me. How are you? I am great. I am great. We're coming uh, not live, but in person. Yeah, in uh, person. In person. This is our first in-person pod. Very first in-person. Um, making more history, yet more history on the OTL podcast. Um, it is a warm Monday night. It's in muggy out. July, it's muggy. Windows are wide open here in Bed-Stuy. We my, have some cold in the, beverages. In the castle in Brooklyn. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, we are coming off a big time NBA Vegas Summer League. A uh, lot to unpack. The last I'm, time we... I still regret not being part of. Oh, dude. But well, you were in France. I was. I was. With your time. with your lovely wife. So we understand this is this is what hap- has to happen yep. to maintain uh, Only, uh, a marriage. Only checking, checking in on basketball Twitter sporadically <laughs> in between I, uh, it, yeah. you know, beautiful vistas of the French countryside. So. I feel like these are the sort of compromises you have to make like in a, a marriage. is like your wife, Kate, says, I'll give you the NBA season. Season. I'll give you the regular season, the playoffs. You'll have a r- wonderful run with fantasy basketball. But come the off season, I'm going to need at least a solid week or two yeah. off the grid in Europe with you. I'm going to have to drag you kicking yeah. and screaming <laughs> to, <laughs> to um, yeah, you know, Paris, yeah. France. Like poor you. Yeah, it's tough. Well, so a lot, a lot has gone down since uh, since we last talked. Um, Oof, I, I was in ever. Vegas at Summer League, which you know is giving you the regular up updates while you were uh in europe mm-hmm. um but before we unpack too much of vegas and summer league and off-season moves i feel like you know the last time we talked we were in the 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 tailspin of brian <laughs> colangelo um, we were we were deep deep the at the bottom of a long <laughs> and very dark rabbit hole yes so um where are we at? So Brian Colangelo has since been fired. Um, yeah, remind, remind me, when we when we did that pod, had he been fired yet? No, no. I think we released that okay, like, just like a, a day or two days before before yeah. it was announced. That's right. And we were like taking, we were almost like taking bets on like, is there a scenario wherein we find out that he was sending out those tweets and he still keeps his yeah, job? Yeah. And I felt like. There was a possibility. Oh yeah, there was like, like a moment. There were a couple of days there where it felt like it like ownership. I think it happened on like a Thursday, right? And I remember like on like the Tuesday before. That's like kind of when it felt like it should have happened, and then yeah. it didn't. And he like there was that press report of him like popping up at like the Sixers practice facility or something right. like that during. And he, and like people were like publicly saying. 
Brian's called me. He wants me to know that like he wasn't serious. Like and Joe Embiid had that tweet about like I spoke to him. Yeah. He told me it's not real. And it was like, wow, are they actually going to try to like? Try to they're do this? trying to. Yeah. They're trying to work through it. And I, I mean, obviously, like I can't read the mind of Philadelphia's ownership, but I kind of feel like I don't know why, but I kind of feel like those guys didn't want to have to fire him. Like they like, oh, definitely, it, it was like a begrudgingly like, I guess we have to let him go. Yeah. Oh, they were definitely doing everything in their power to to, to try to avoid yeah. that whole situation yeah. and just kind of like make it go away. Yeah. And they yeah. realized at the end that the only way to actually make it go away was to make him go away. So, I mean, one of the most crazy, I feel like one of the most crazy off season storylines we've had in a, in a while. I mean, I can't remember the last time like a pro sports executive was caught up in a social media scandal with like burner accounts claiming that he didn't do them. And then we learn it was very likely his wife Mm -hmm. who was running like an account that like propped up his, in all likelihood is propping up Brian Colangelo's opinions. Well, we learned that it was his wife. That was the conclusion of the law firm. Uh, God, the law firm. <laughs> they hired a law firm. You forgot about the law firm, didn't you? Oh, God, yeah. so good. It's uh, so good. The very that, uh, this story is just like fancy New York gift, law firm. The gift um, that keeps on giving. But so their conclusion was that it was just his wife all along. Right. But like, there's if you actually like... Like went through the details of all of all of the you know minutia of that of that whole case. Like yeah. there were several several unanswered, uh, yeah. uh, unresolved, uh, outstanding questions. Where like one of the accounts was definitely written in a different voice than yeah. his wife um, than the other four, and it was just like there was just all sorts of stuff where it was just like oh that's it that's okay yeah. we're all just gonna we're all just gonna agree to move on from this so yeah. I guess that's it and it was just like it just like petered out yeah and then no one talked about it ever again and, and we, we were like, just like supposed like, to accept people that, like, still bring it up but yeah. it's like that was it that's over yeah. and then and then the, the next question was like oh, okay so who's the Sixers GM gonna be and then they just didn't it's like that uh, so we thought that yeah. there had been no news until, until just tonight. Yeah, what not, happened? Not more than two hours ago. Hey, and real quick, it, uh, the law firm, let's give them a plug because they, they've done so much for the pod. Yeah. That's the law firm of Paul and Weiss yeah, leading the investigation. Firm. A hell of an investigation. Yeah, they do Dude, They do really thorough, really quick work. They turned it around in like a weekend. Yeah. I want to say they put together that whole investigation over the course of a weekend. I mean, these guys were pulling all-nighters. Oh, yeah. You they got to be proud of, of themselves. The Paul coffee machine and Weiss. All night yeah, long. These guys worked their asses off. Yeah, the so, paralegals were, were you calling know, <laughs> home and saying, sorry, honey. If you run an organization, if you run a sports franchise, Guys, you got you got a feeling that something fishy's going on. Call these guys; they're going to get it solved. You, they're going to give you a, a thorough report. So mm-hmm. that's that's the the law firm of Paul a, and Weiss. A perhaps not completely satisfying report, but at <laughs> least uh, you know on a surface level, yeah. uh, sort of conclusion patina of, yeah. of thoroughness. Sure, and uh, and and most importantly. Um, Alacrity. Speed. So uh, you mentioned that we had a little bit of breaking news. So so Brian Colangelo was fired. It was very quiet. We went through the draft. Um, uh, uh, Brett Brown had sort of taken the reins for the GM responsibility of the Sixers. Right. Went through the draft. He made what seems to be kind of like a savvy move. I mean, I, I, I personally was a little skeptical of like the idea of a head coach serving as a GM. But yeah. on draft night, he selects... Mikhail Bridges out of Villanova, a guy that I personally really was hoping the Knicks would look at. Mm-hmm. And um, he's a, a native Philadelphia kid. His mom <laughs> works in human resources for the 76ers. It yeah. seemed like a, a wonderful story. It was a, it was a perfect and you know, Hollywood story. Bowtie, puts a bow tie on it, good. sure. And what does Brett Brown do within an, an hour, within a half an hour of the pick? He flips it to the Phoenix Suns for Zaire Smith and a future first-round draft pick. And, yeah, by all accounts, it seems like a pretty savvy move. Yeah. Um, you know, Zaire Smith is like a high upside young kid, a little less polished maybe than Mikael Bridges, but the future first-rounder, obviously, draft picks are the, the name of the game in today's NBA when it comes to, like, currency, making trades, developing young talent. So it could it could prove to be a, a really savvy move. Totally. Um, but but beyond that, it's been kind of quiet on the Philadelphia front office fronts. Um, you know, you and I have sort of a ban- you know like considered a few potential candidates, and then we today we get a tweet. And what is the tweet? That's it's from right. Mark Stein. Mark Stein of the New York Times, who um, says at uh, let's see. 
At 6.55 p.m. We're okay. recording this right now at 9 Eastern, so right. about two hours ago. Sure. He tweets out, the Philadelphia 76ers, and mind you, this is like yeah. the first like like droplet of news that we've had um, about the Sixers GM search. They've been totally, kept it totally under wraps, yeah. tight-lipped, uh, you know, no, no the, info is The antithesis out. of the Colangelo uh, years yeah. where... To the point where I almost forgot. Everything and anything was tweeted out. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, during the Colangelo days, hey, if, you know, if Joel Embiid was out of the club, uh, you might even we, say we were, were getting were opinions little, about it. too liberal about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, but then suddenly, you know, things go dark. Until tonight, when Mark Stein writes, the Philadelphia 76ers have been rebuffed in their attempt to hire away Houston's Daryl Morey wow. to take over as wow. their new general manager, find, New York Times Sports has learned. Find a new slant. Yeah. Yeah, find a new slant. Daryl Morey is staying put in Houston. So I will say, the 76ers uh, GM Twitter saga uh, has remained yeah. incredibly consistent in yeah. their dedication to irony. Yeah. Um, because, of course, <clears throat> excuse me, Daryl Morey is the former boss and right. mentor of, of Sam. A1. Trust the process. Come on, Sam dude. Hank. Can we bring him home? <laughs> Can we bring the guy home? We all know he's a goddamn genius, okay? The man is... He's is, not doing anything. He's, he's, he's hanging out in dude, California, yeah, he's, teaching he, some stupid kids He's like an adjunct. Class. Yeah, he's an adjunct professor he's at Stanford, like maybe. He teaches a class bank, or two. Uh, yeah. you know, consulting consulting at, like, for some stupid Fortune 500 companies. This or that he firm. That's, yeah, Get him back in the game. Life. He's salivating. He's chomping at the bit. You yeah. know he wants back in. He needs the thrill. He needs the action. Let's get him in there. And the Sixers apparently uh, don't really have many other options because <laughs> they're getting turned away. Yeah. They're getting well. They're, they're getting, going. They're going for the big fish. I mean, you know, Daryl Morey got yeah, like is like, executive of the year. Is there a more high profile? Exactly. Is there a more high profile guy that you could try to recruit to run your team? Um, yeah, I, 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 outside of maybe Danny Ainge, like who else like is a bigger name in in today's basketball? Yeah. I mean Jerry yeah. West. I don't like Sayu Jerry. Yeah, who obviously. Yeah, uh, Colangelo. As sure. We, as we all know now, not a huge fan of. Yeah, um, Bob Myers runs Golden State. Like literally. Yeah. Uh, there's you know four or five guys that have a bigger name cachet than Daryl Morey. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, what's maybe should, should we talk about some of the the names that we considered? Well, sure. So weeks ago we put together this list of, yeah. of potential candidates, uh, thinking that this would that they would try to get something done. Yeah. Really quickly with yeah. the draft and free agency coming up. And right. now that all feels like, you know, it's years a moot point. Ago. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, does this, uh, uh, that, that's a good point. So the, the fact that the draft is in the rear view mirror, mm-hmm. LeBron is in the rear view mirror. Mm-hmm. I think that was also a big point of contention for the two of us. Right. Was that like I the think most important it's... free agent, you know, the most transcendent free agent, like in years, LeBron James was on the open market and it was very clear that he at least had some interest in playing in Philadelphia. They I would just... say it was cl- cl- totally clear. Right. In fact, if anything, in hindsight, it to, was like, to like, you know, not yeah. pile too hard on the Sixers, I don't think that LeBron's decision had anything to do with yeah. the P- Colangelo saga. I think he, yeah. he had his mind made up about LA years ago, probably long, yeah. like much longer ago than we even yeah. realize. And I don't, I don't think that that, that whole thing had anything to do with his decision. Yeah. Um, it might not have helped with any of the other free agents that they may or may not have been pursuing. Yeah. So, you know, I still don't think it's was helpful for them not to so, have a general manager. Okay. But with the draft in the rearview mirror yeah. and LeBron, and now LeBron, Paul George, uh, these guys, Chris Paul, they're all off the table. Does that change any of your thinking? Does it change any of your approach in terms of who the Sixers hire as their GM? Can they take their time now? Originally, when we put this list together, it was like, we got a week. We got to find a guy in a week yeah. before LeBron starts making decisions, before the draft happens. That stuff is in the rear view now. Right. Um, I mean, so, like, you know, I think probably the, the biggest, most obvious candidate, the name that we talked about is David Griffin. Right. Um, former, now it seems like is kind of pointless since the only real, like, or at least the major reason yeah. to bring him in was his relationship with LeBron. Relationship with LeBron. Yeah. I mean, he's still, you know, he's still the GM that, you know, put together a, a team in Cleveland that won the championship. Former uh, SVP of basketball operations with the Suns. Um, was he named... Did he ever win uh, Executive of the Year? He may have. I feel like he may, if he didn't, he should have. Uh, yeah, I don't know, actually. Um, 
I mean, is this guy still of interest to you, David Griffin? Eh, not really. Not really. I mean, I think that they need... It's a little blasé. Yeah, and I sort of feel like at this point, you know, if you're not going to land a Daryl Morey, you need to just go with someone who's kind of young okay. and up and coming. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, someone who maybe is from that kind of mold. Um, uh, you know, there's a couple names like, Gerson Rosas, who's uh, who's the VP of the Rockets. Wow. Um, Gerson Rosas. Yeah. Is that how you say the name? I Ros- believe so. Ros- Gerson Great. Rosas. Wow. Um, and I forget, so it's, I'm just looking over my notes here. He was, uh, yeah, he worked under Maury along with Hinky. Right. Um, and now he's, uh, oh, so interestingly, he's not actually, he was the VP of the Rockets, uh-huh. but maybe not anymore, but... I don't know. According to these notes that I wrote like weeks ago that I don't even remember writing, Dude, uh, we, he's currently working with Team USA under okay. Jerry Colangelo. Wow. So we loosely talked about forming a consulting firm wherein we would just go about hiring GMs. Yeah. Like like we would just basically be a consultancy where we pretty much <laughs> shared this Google Doc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would with, just make a big Google Doc. <laughs> make a big Google Doc. Like, with, for a certain price, we'll yeah, share you. We'll tell you who you should hire. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I just want to double down on that idea. I think we're totally qualified in that we look at, you know, like we read Reddit, like, you yeah. know, we can look at someone's Wikipedia I Googled, page. I like, tons of articles for this list. Yeah, together. I mean, this is extensive. I just want to yeah. say, for this guy, Gerson Rosas, who I would, I would venture to say maybe one one or two people in my listening audience will have ever have heard of. Mm-hmm. You have, I don't know, five, six, seven bullets. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. real Player legit info background, here. <laughs> analytics background. I mean, this is super impressive, Cry. Yeah. I, I got to commend you. in the hardened trade. Yeah. Um, Great. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So, However, so one of the deep cuts on my list here that I really like a lot is yeah. another Rockets guy who worked under Maury initially uh-huh. named Sachin Gupta. Gupta. Um, and now he is not currently employed by the league, I don't believe. God, Daryl Morey wants this pod killed now. <laughs> He's like, Sachin Gupta's Sachin off the Gupta, table. No one needs to know about it. His real claim to fame was yeah. creating the trade machine for ESPN. Shut up. Yeah, this guy Shut invented up. the trade machine. This guy invented the trade machine? So I'm kind of like, if you can do that, you can probably run an NBA team. Yeah, so. so like what his job under Daryl Morey was was basically like, Daryl Morey's like, can you put this guy in your trade machine and tell me if we can get him? Yeah. And then yeah. eventually he sold that idea to ESPN. He's like, you know what? I've got this little app that I, that yeah. I coded Let in, me my, make some in my basement. Bread on the side. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow, dude. So. Okay, so right now we have uh, Gerson Rosas, who worked under Maury, also did some Team USA stuff, was involved in the James Harden trade. We have mm-hmm. Gupta, who also worked under Maury, created the trade machine. We love that. I mean, Gupta is a, that's a big fish, if you're asking me. I mean, yeah, I almost wonder if they're starting with, with like, the top of the Rockets organization, and yeah. they're just going to kind of, like, go down the line. And work so their way eventually down. Eventually, they'll hire, like, some, you know, film editor. Sure, sure, that, <laughs> sure. That worked as, like, an intern last summer. Right. I mean, no one else wants anything to do with the franchise. Apparently, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I would love a film editor to be the next GM. Yeah. Hey, of lots the of great coaches and, and GMs started out in film in the film room. Sure. Yeah. What about uh, this guy Mike Zarin for for the Celtics? Right. So Boston Celtics assistant general manager, kind of like the the number one guy under Ainge, and uh, he apparently interviewed for the Sixers job back in 2012. Yep. And he was either offered the job um, and was and. And was turned down, or no? He oh. either turned them down. Wait, he was in contention for with the, for for the job when Hinky got it. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So he either turned it down and they went with Hinky instead, or they chose Hinky over him. I'm t- not totally sure yeah. which it was. Yeah. But anyway, then he went on to Boston, um, where he you know was very successful. Obviously, he's uh, so the big knock against him uh, among the Sixers community is that he's like a die. He's like a very like vocal and open diehard Celtics fan. He was born in Massachusetts. Oh wow! Time season ticket holder. Dude, dude, these freaking Boston guys. Yeah. They, it's so like it's like. Do you really trust him? Is he actually going to be a double agent? Right. He's a mole. Yeah, yeah. No. He he's might, he's totally uh, like inside information. Yeah. Yeah. He's just he. Yeah. Now that will be the downfall of the Sixers. So I don't know. Although it would be you know quite quite the accomplishment to pry him away from their big rivals. Yeah. You know in the Eastern Conference. All right, so who's uh, who's the next guy we got lined up? Is it is it this guy Brian Wright? Is it Troy Weaver? Anyone on the list that you're passionate about? Any, really. Anyone you I can mean, make after a case those for? First few, hey, I, I kind of just was. I got a name for you. Okay, hit me. I'm gonna give you a call, Sam Hinkie. Hey, Sam, 
listen, it's it's me. It's Josh. Uh, what's the name of the the Sixers owner? Josh Harris. Josh. Hey Sam, it's me, Josh Harris. Look, I know you're out in I know you're out in California. I know you're out in Palo Alto. You're teaching at Stanford. That's great. I'm happy for you, buddy. I hope uh, the year and a half, two years away from the game has been good for you. Just want to say, look, your plan has really worked out. Now, give me a price. Give me a number. <laughs> What's it going to take for you to come back and get back in the game, finish what you started? Is, is there any scenario? Is it possible that we get Sam, Sam I'm down back? my knees here, okay? Yeah. I didn't know what I had. What do we got to do? Sam, you're, you're, you're <laughs> how, a hero. How can we make it up to you? Do, what would he say? Uh, what, I mean, could, could you interest him? I just don't know. I just I feel like it's... Is the trust broken? I mean, also, the, tr- the trust has to be broken. Like, I feel right. like Sam... Here's the thing. Sam is in a position now where he won. Like, totally. he, he kind he, of... Like, he can't... It can't get any better for him right yeah, now. Yeah. Like, he he's can just a, chill now. He's a local... Like, he's a folklore His hero. legend is only growing. Yeah. Um, obviously, with everything that happened, uh, you know, the past couple of months, it's only it's only helped his, his legend. whole... Um, yeah, his status and his, yeah. and his uh, you know, the, the regard that the whole Philadelphia fan base holds him in. So I kind of feel like it's almost like he's he went out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, and he's dude. He's first good of all, now. when he picks up the phone from the, from the the phone call from Josh Harris, he's replying in a haiku. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he he only, at this point, like he's just speaking in poems. He's like, Josh, let me give you a quote metaphor. from yeah. Warren Buffett. Yeah, in a book that he wrote exactly. in 1981 before yeah. he was ever a billionaire. Yeah, he said right. Yada, yada, yada. So I think Sam, as much as I would love to see him get back in the game, I, just I can't don't see, see. I mean, it would be awesome. Like, can you imagine the way that Twitter would erupt if he suddenly came back? Dude. Like, Joel Embiid would become maybe the best player. He okay. would become like yeah, Will obviously. Chamberlain times Kareem Abdul Jabbar, right? What is the scenario? Let me ask you this then. Yeah. What's because we want it to happen? What's the scenario where Sam comes back? Like, give me, give me. <sighs> I, I, I will say this. I mean, maybe if Josh Harris is just like, I'll give you a billion dollars. Sure. Like Josh Harris is a very rich guy. I like, feel like Sam is too, um, he's like too much of like a, like quiet genius to like actually, I feel like he doesn't care about money or something. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that's I, true. I feel like money is not the motivation here. Clearly it's, you can make money like blinking. Yeah. Like I feel like, like money it. is not the objective. It's more about just, uh, I just noticed that you're wearing a Houston Oilers hat, but oh, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. solid. I got Craw in a powder blue Houston Oilers yeah, snapback with, with the black rim. I mean, that's this thing was straight from 1993. Wow, um, did you find that somewhere, or you've had that no, since no, you were no. a kid? I bought this in 1993. Yeah, a huge Warren Moon fan, dude. Yeah, so they was were I. my second team behind the Giants. Dude, they were uh, my second team behind the Jets. It's I knew the only NFL really yeah. paraphernalia I'll still rock because yeah. no longer a football fan, but. That Houston Oilers, man, that was a great team. Dude, I knew, yeah, I knew we were we friends for a reason. No, 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 but like the love for Warren Moon is there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I feel like money is not what's motivating Sam. Yeah, it's so, like, it's like so, integrity and, and like challenges. Or, yeah, challenges. Yeah, like some so intellectual I, challenge. I feel which, like if he gets back in the game, it's going to be a totally, it's going to be like Sam 2.0, yeah. where it's like, it won't be about gutting a team and rebuilding them with draft picks. It'll be like the inverse. Yeah. So he'll be like, I'm going to put together the most crazy salary capped team ever. Like, like the team with like the most savvy free agent acquisitions ever Yeah. where it's like not about the draft. It's actually about the total opposite of the draft, like right. acquiring, like he's going to have like a team of only 32 year olds yeah. and they're all like <laughs> incredibly fundamentally like, sound like role he players. Would be, he would be like doing what the Lakers think that they're doing. Exactly. But w- that they are not. And I almost feel like he would do it maybe in a way that's like more, t- like he would engineer the new De- Detroit Pistons where it's like a team of like Chauncey Billups, yeah. Rashid. Where you're like, wait, this team has no stars. Like, they Sam, don't, don't you know the model is to acquire superstars? And then he's like, yeah. no, you're wrong. The yeah. real way is to acquire like selfless veteran guys who've totally. been through the ringer. Weirdos, yeah. Like Rashid yeah. Wallace. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Um, all right. So is there anyone else on this list that would, that we want to make a case for? Is there, is there, I mean, I'll throw Kiki Vandeway out there just because now remind me, wasn't Kiki <laughs> Vandeway a formerly a coach? Uh, he was maybe of the nuggets at one point or something or a GM he of played the, nuggets? the nuggets. He okay. was, I swear, yeah, this I guy was a coach, was a coach and he was yeah, fired. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. He was a player and then a coach and then a GM. 
but that was years ago. But anyway, right. Kiki's great. I don't really know what he's doing these days, but I've always been pro Kiki because of his name. He was on the Knicks for a little while. He was on the Knicks. Great, um, like just kind of goofy, tall, white dude. Wow, just a quick Google. You get a really funky looking photo. Mm-hmm. Number 55 on the Knicks. Yeah, That's fun. jersey. He's yeah. a retired professional basketball player. Basketball player, formerly the GM of the Denver Nuggets and the New Jersey Nets, right. and the head coach of the Nets. That's right. Uh, he coached the when Nets. we were kids, he yeah. was the, the head coach of the Nets. Yeah, that, yeah. that 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 rings a bell. But yeah, um, I don't know. Other than that, I mean, there's you know they could promote internally. Mark sure. Eversley, Ned Cohen. Now um, we'll circle. Really we'll circle back on the Sixers toward the end of the pod. Eventually, I want to have a discussion about you know, free agency, acquiring players, some of the marquee guys that are still available, mm-hmm. and if any of them could find a home on the Sixers. So sort of sort of uh, earmark that, and we'll save it for later. But eventually, let's circle back and All talk right. about any potential of the, uh, of the big free agents going to Philadelphia. Sounds like a plan. All right, that was the first conversation with Ben Crabb, BC. Thanks so much for uh, a fun chat. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can email me at onthelinepod at gmail.com. Please, if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Wherever you get podcasts, leave me a glowing five-star review. Enjoy the summer. Enjoy NBA offseason. And I will talk to you guys next week. Next week.